There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, joined by our Titans beat writer, Ben Arthur. What's going on, everyone? Ben and I have something special for you this week. We're going to do mid-season awards, and I do understand that it is not the mid-season. We are 10 weeks into the year, and 10 out of 7 does not divide up equally. I know this. I'm helping my daughter with fractions uh, this afternoon, actually, so I can tell you that is not split <laughs> evenly. But, you know, Ben, they they held off the bye week on us like till way too late this year for the Titans. So I've, it feels like as good a time as any to kind of give out some awards. We've got like 11, 12 categories we're going to go over. And here's where it's really fun. Ben and I both filled out the, the ballot here for these awards. I don't know what he picked. He doesn't know what I picked. So this should be fun. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously you guys know Titans are, are playing the, the Texans uh, this weekend, but we're kind of switching up the format. Uh, for you guys, I, I think this this is going to be fun. You know, this is going to be something like you maybe you'd see on ESPN First Take or, or or whatever. Maybe we can have some banter back and forth about uh, who we chose for for each of these eleven categories. So, without any further ado, Gentry, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and get started. Our first category: Offensive Player of the Year. For me, th- this was an easy one. Uh, Derek Henry, even though he's on. Injured reserve, you, you actually can't even vote for him uh, for the Pro Bowl because he's on IR, which is kind of a, a bummer, I know, for a lot of people. But just his impact right through, what was it, eight eight games uh, rushing for, for close to a, a thousand yards, was on pace for another 2K year uh, before injuring his foot uh, against the Colts. And I think we've really seen how important he is uh, to this team these past couple weeks where the run game has just been absolutely awful so uh, this was an easy choice uh for me gentry uh derrick henry all pro gonna be in the hall of fame eventually king henry that's yeah i i said uh i said derrick too i mean that's that's an easy one but it's almost like with this titan season you're gonna have to put it in two different categories pre derrick injury pre injury for derrick henry post injury for derrick henry it's like two totally different teams i would say this category for this award too it's like in the non-Derrick Henry section of the award, maybe A.J. Brown. I think that's a guy, and maybe you talk about Tannehill. But but it's obvious that, uh, I mean, the guy was on pace for one of the best seasons a running back's ever had in NFL history. So it's really a shame uh, that it worked out the way it did. For sure. You want to kick right. off Defensive Player of the Year, Gentry? Yeah, this is a tough one because I really felt like it was uh, – you got two guys that were playing well enough to get this. Uh, I went with Jeffrey Simmons because I feel like he has uh, changed the – I think he has changed the entire makeup of the Titans team with how he has played this year. Uh, they are completely different defensively, and the reason they're completely different defensively is because of the pass rush, and most of that pass rush has been in uh, from from the interior. It's been Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, teams have not known how to deal with him, and I think Ben that that Simmons himself has started to figure that out. I think you're you're seeing the the light bulb moment. I think in his career where he realizes just how disruptive he can be and how other teams can't stop it. And we're, we're seeing, I think, a legitimate NFL superstar really coming of age here, and I think it has changed the Titans team how he's been playing. I agree 100%, but I, 
I kind of did a little bit of a cop out for for defensive player of the year. I had co-defensive players of the year. I had Simmons, uh, like you said, but I also had Kevin Byard because I, I think with with, with Byard, Byard and 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 Jeff. I, I mean, these two guys are, are the leaders of this defense, and I think what what's really illuminating just about how much of an impact uh, Kevin Byard has is just he's kind of been the coach. Uh, on on the field uh, for the defense, and I think with all the kind of the roster overhaul they had on that side of the ball, needing to integrate so many new pieces, not just on the front but but in the back end, KB has kind of been the guy to to keep uh, that ship afloat. And, and I remember Vrabel talking about earlier this year how how they'd kind of tell KB not to talk as much during certain training camp practices or whatever. Um, so guys can kind of figure it out on their own and kind of him kind of take a step back. So I, I think his role is really important. And then on top of that, it's not just him being a vocal leader. It's him playing like the best safety in the NFL. I mean, he has, what, five interceptions uh, through 10 games, uh, complete ball hawk as he has been in uh, th- throughout his career. But it's those numbers have kind of come back up this year. Uh, because of what they have up front. And then Simmons, like you said, he has to be in, in the defensive player of the year conversation for this team uh, just because because of everything you, you said, right? And, and I think we're really starting to see the fruition of kind of all, all this, what he could be, like all, all the projections and the potential talk we saw with Jeff when he was entering uh, the draft in, in 2019, there the, are the the fears about like what what why are the Titans taking him? He's probably only only going to play half the year. But John Robinson, the, the the Titans, they really took a gamble on what his potential is, being that blue chip guy, kind of game wrecking potential as an interior defensive lineman, kind of like that Aaron Donald mold. And this year, we're starting to see him really live up to that uh so so those are my two uh defensive player of the years uh for for the titans kb kevin byard and uh jeffrey simmons i had a uh, a similar uh cop out on one of the later categories so we'll see i i where i i did the same i couldn't pick one but uh, uh all right next one would be best offseason edition kind of staying on topic here look they've had some guys who really helped them uh, you know Obviously, you know, Julio got all the attention. You got Jack Rabbit, but to me, it's Danico Autry in a route. I mean, Danico Autry stepped in and become one of the best players on the team. And I, and I think when you when people look back on this season in the AFC South, they're going to see removing him from the Colts and putting him on the Titans was a huge swing between those two teams. Absolutely, I thought it at the time. To be honest, I did. I thought that was a great signing. And he fit exactly what they wanted to do. And you don't always see it, Ben, where it works out perfectly for the ideal scenario when you bring in a guy like that. For the Titans, it has worked out every bit as well as they thought it would. Yeah, Danico Gentry is my best offseason addition as well. And and just what what he means for Jeff, right? I, I think he's been able to free up Jeff just because of his ability. I mean, you can't double team really anyone on this uh, defensive front now because of Danico is a big reason why, but pairing with Jeffrey Simmons on the inside, Gentry, I can't think of a better interior uh, defensive line tandem than than Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry. I I just can't. 
Uh, I, I believe he he has five five or six sacks. I, I don't have the number right in front of me, but he has been far, far and away the, the Titans' best offseason addition. We haven't seen Bud Dupree really come to to fruition yet. I, I, he's kind of had his spurts, but then he's kind of had some setbacks too, so we, we don't know about that. I, I think Jack Rabbit has kind of been up and down. Uh, Julio Jones is obviously on IR right now. D- Danico uh, has been, I think, clearly the, their best offseason addition. Um so I, I think the next category for me is uh, most improved, Gentry, if you wanted to kind of go there. Uh, for most improved, I have Christian Fulton. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of candidates here, but I, I think the way he's played, uh, he, he's been the, the Titans' top cornerback. He, he misses a month, uh, returns for, for the game last week, and and doesn't really look it didn't look like he kind of lost a step. I, I know he wasn't targeted a whole ton, but he did have – a couple big uh, moments in in that game uh, against the Saints. Um, he's taken so many leaps and, and bounds from his rookie year, where he only played a handful of games because of injury. Was never really able to find a rhythm. But and I think with with the Titans selecting Caleb Farley, they for, forgot that Christian Fulton was a second round pick and very capable in his own right. And I think he's kind of reminded people of that this year. And, and he's been the Titans top cornerback uh, so far. And, and he's only played, I think what, six games. So uh, Fulton, Fulton, Fulton's been very, very good. That's a good call. I went with a guy who I actually think is going to be in contention for one of the most improved players in the entire national football league is Harold Landry. Uh, he has been a, they needed Fulton to step up as they did. And I do, there's no question he's improved. Harold Landry looks like a different player. Uh, all this talk the last few years about the Titans not having any pass rush, which they didn't, came usually with Harold Landry on the field, and he was always the one guy who you're like, well, he plays hard, but you know he wasn't very productive. Uh, there was, you know, he he you always admired the work ethic. He you'd see the snap counts, and he'd play like 98 percent of every game. I mean, the guy had all all kinds of you know, he really tried to get after it, but you just wondered if the upside was there for a guy who could really impact a game. Well, he's doing it this year. Um, and I think, again, it goes back to what you were saying, Autry, Simmons. I think all those guys up front are helping each other uh, be more productive. And it's funny because, look, you don't go pay Bud Dupree all the money they paid him if you really think Harold Landry's the guy. And Landry this year is kind of showing that he is. Yeah. And it's going to be really fascinating to see how the Titans navigate this because I don't think they're going to have the money to pay both those guys big-time NFL edge rusher salaries. And Landry, it's it's a good problem to have because the Titans, quite honestly, haven't had it. And they still, you know, their pass rush has been totally different this year. Props to Harold Landry. He's been an, he's been an outstanding player. Absolutely, yeah. I, I actually have Harold uh, kind of down a, a little bit further, but uh, but yeah, I, I think kind of like you said, people the, the Titans have been trying to find that number one edge rusher right the last couple years, and they've had it right in front front of them. Just in terms of what Harold has been able to do this year, he's been a pressures guy, but really seeing the sack numbers turn up he, he's third in the league behind miles uh garrett and uh tj watt so that's a good choice uh i wanted best, to go to, best rookie we're probably going to be on the same page yeah 
Yeah, I, I was going to say. Don't say Elijah Molden because really none of the other rookies have played that much. Yeah, but that's taking nothing away from Elijah Molden. I think he's he's gotten better each week, and they've needed him to. Yeah, yeah, I think at at, and I think this was a, a Molden was a pick that everyone seemed to like. If, if you remember back in the spring, like a, a steal. Um, as a third rounder at at I, I think he was number one hundred, but uh, but yeah, I, I, he had some struggles early, but I think he's really settled in as, as kind of that uh, nickelback guy. You, you look at his snaps now; he's playing eighty, eighty-five, even close to ninety percent of snaps every game now. Uh, you don't see those kind of glaring maybe issue. Like I remember early in the season. Uh, kind of not understanding where his leverage was and kind of getting burned over the top. We're not seeing that anymore. Just very steady. Uh, Like you said, there isn't really another rookie to put in this category because Dylan Radins, their second round offensive lineman, is in a factor. Des Fitzpatrick literally just got on the active roster. Rashad Weaver is done for the year. Uh, Monty Rice has had like one good game on defense. He's been on doing his thing on special teams, but, uh, not much out outside of that. Uh, yeah, just not a whole lot of impact in this rookie class. I, I think Molden is, is kind of the guy here by default. But as you said, I think he's also you know played played well the last few weeks. So kind of I jump, think we're in agreement there. Jumping around here, and it kind of ties into this a little. One another category we had was who we think is going to make the biggest impact for the rest of the season. You know, who maybe hasn't yet. Um, I didn't put Elijah Molden for that, but I think he's a guy who who will continue to to make more and more of an impact as the season goes. This was one of the more interesting categories to me, Ben. I'm going to say Deontay Foreman. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like he – look, I test says he's been the best running back to me since since Derek got hurt. He, he looks better out there than Adrian Peterson does. And, you know, I'm not going to count out Adrian Peterson. We know everything he's done. But I just feel like for what they need, which is a lot of help, I think Deontay Foreman actually has the ability to kind of step in and uh, and be that guy. We saw it on one play against the Saints on the pass play. Uh, but they're at this point, Ben, they're doing nothing on the ground. I, I think the longest it's been bad. Game, the, bad the longest really bad. game they had against the Saints on the ground was seven yards, and that was AJ Brown. So you know, I think somebody's got to make an impact there. Let's say uh, I think Deontay Foreman, from what I've seen of the backs, is the one most likely to do it. Yeah, for me, I'm going with Marcus Johnson. I, I think he had his uh, breakout game uh, for, for the Titans last week against New Orleans. Five catches on six targets for 100 yards. We, we've talked about the Titans needing someone else to step up in, in, in the passing game uh, behind AJ. We know Julio is on IR. Uh, and, and Marcus Johnson is is kind of shown that ability to to be someone to be depended on. He 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 got kind of got hurt. He was hurt at the beginning of the year, but I think we all saw what he did in training camp. He was undisputably the Titans' best receiver in training camp because AJ barely practiced in the summer. Julio barely practiced in the summer. Marcus Johnson was a guy who showed up consistently day in and day out, and then he. He was on IR to, to start the year, and, and and he had a good game. And I remember the, the Jags game was his first game back. He he had 50-something receiving yards in that game, did some good things, but was really quiet 
the next several weeks until this past game against the Saints where uh, I think he kind of showed people what he can do. Um, he's not an elite receiver but by any means, but I think he's certainly capable and Ryan Tannehill has a lot of trust in him. And so I think he could really have a, a big impact uh, late in the season, uh, especially when we don't really know about Julio's situation. I, ideally, with, with the Titans, you, you'd hope that he can come back after that three-game window on IR, but just the way his hamstring issue was gone the whole year, you, you, you can't really depend on that. I think Marcus Johnson is a guy who's going to see a lot of targets, and uh, I think he could put up big numbers. Yeah, you and I were sitting there before the game on Sunday uh, talking about Marcus Johnson as, hey, it's uh, this feels like a game he's going to make an impact and break out, and I, I agree the rest of the year. and they, they need him to be that guy. He's got – He's got more big play potential than I think anybody else in that group, not named Julio Jones or A.J. Brown. Mm -hmm. uh, he gives you something a little different than nothing against Nick Westbrook Akine, but I think Marcus Johnson is the kind of guy that could scare a defense. Absolutely. And, and they need that. So, all right, we'll go with now most underrated and most overrated. And I'll tell you mine. that This was my cop-out because I, I, I felt like – most underrated is Ryan Tannehill and Kevin Byard. And, and I know that kind of goes against because the guy I just said, Nick Westbrook-Akine, he'd be great for that. But look around the NFL and see who's more underrated as a quarterback right now than Ryan Tannehill. I, I have been saying this, Ben, for two years, and I'm still going to say it. He hasn't been fantastic this year, but you're talking about a guy who has led this team to 8-2 and two with an offensive line that didn't really start blocking for him until about two-thirds of the way through the year, without the best running back in the league now is injured, without healthy receivers, A.J. and Julio have both been out at times, he still doesn't really have much of a tight end to throw to. He hadn't had that all year. His top tight end is Jeff Swaim, who has been catching four balls a game here recently, and his career high ever in a game is five. Um it is there is no question in my mind the Titans wouldn't be anywhere near eight wins without Ryan Tannehill. He hasn't been phenomenal, but he's been and he's made some mistakes. He hasn't been as good this year. But when you consider the pass protection issues, the injuries around him, he he's what they got left. Everything's been been knocked away here, and and it seems everything is questionable each week of who who's going to be out there. Was it this guy's been? been a rock for them and even you know being with a stomach bug this last game i mean Tannehill does just enough to win him the game so give him ryan Tannehill a few props there because he's caught some criticism this year and when quite honestly i i you know he's not in the middle of a pro bowl season but he's in the middle of a of a, of a playoff season and he's had a lot to do with that the other one i think is kevin byard who you mentioned earlier um I've never felt Kevin Byard gets enough credit nationally for what he does for the Titans. Um, I feel like he's been a one of the top safeties in the league for years now. Uh, he caught he caught a lot of criticism last year because, to be honest, that defense was so bad that nobody on that side of the ball deserved a whole lot of praise. But you knew if things improved and things it, that Kevin Byard was going to have a lot to do with it. And you make a good point earlier. The coaches had to tell him basically not to help anyone. You know, it's like how uh, how ahead of the curve is a guy? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when when the coaches have to, I mean, if you in both those instances, if you took Ryan Tannehill off the offense or you took Kevin Byard off the defense, this is not an eight two team. That's that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Uh, 
kind of the way you explained, especially Tannehill, has, has me uh, rethinking what I put. Uh, but he, he's absolutely deserves to be most, maybe most underrated. But I put Harold Landry because I feel like on the defensive front, all people talk about is Jeff Simmons and and Danico uh, Autry. And it's like, hello, Harold Landry has 10 sacks in 10 games. Uh, number three in the league, as I, I said earlier, uh, just in terms of being behind Miles Garrett and uh, TJ uh, TJ Watt is just taking another step this year, and and it, it, I don't know. I just feel like he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle amid uh, how well how well the the defense is playing, uh, and and so so yeah, I, I just kind of put Harold there. He, he could definitely be have, in the uh, most. Who do you have for most overrated? Oh, most overrated. I have Julio. Uh, Gotta, it's got to be, right? I had Julio, yeah, it, it, and, and I hate that. that, you know, because it's not fair when a guy's hurt. And it, it, to be fair, when he's been out there and healthy, Julio's been productive. He's been pretty good. But it sure was built up for – it's it's hard to look at this situation and say that the Titans are getting everything they thought they were going to get out of that trade. Yeah, he, he, was, he was built up as the guy to bring the Titans over the hump, right? You, you remember that? Like, this is what everyone was saying, and – and he, and he just hasn't been that. And like you said, injuries have played a, a big role in that. But it's like every week it's it's kind of the, the question. But before he was placed on IR, it's like, is he how healthy is he? How much is he going to practice? What weird response is Mike Vrabel going to give us this week? Is Julio again going to act like he, he doesn't know what we're talking about? Like, it's just <laughs> I, I just feel like it's been a circus uh, since the summer and and. You have to give credit to where it's due just in terms of what he's been. He's one of the best receivers, well, probably the best of his generation, one of the best of all time. But uh, he, he just has not been what everyone kind of expected to be. And and that was kind of the fear, right? I mean, he's in his 30s. He had a lingering hamstring issue also last year, which I, I think he only played like seven games. So that was always kind of a fear at the back of the head. And now it's kind of... Uh, showed up, so I think you have to look at that. I, I think that the, you can't dispute that the Julio thing is Julio Jones is the most overrated, uh, just in yeah, terms. Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe the stint on IR—they're basically giving him a month off when you include the bye week. And I mean, it is—it is a, I'm sure, a very frustrating situation for him because you know, he'll come back and I don't think he would come back or the team would let him come back if they didn't think he was ready to. And it, it, it has just kept happening over and over where it just, boom, something happens to, and the hamstring flares up again. And that's what's scary is when you get a chronic kind of injury like that, I don't know if you ever get to a point where you're completely over that and you're completely confident that you're going to go out on the field and not, and just not have that happen again. Um, I think they're doing the right thing resting him. I think that's probably a little overdue. And, and I think if they get him to a point where he can finish a game and be productive the rest of the season, that's a win. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it's 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 not what you expected with when you trade for Julio for sure. All right, three categories to go. Kind of team related. Uh, biggest surprise. Biggest su surprise. I have uh, Randy Bullock. Um, AKA Fat Randy. I think a lot of the a lot of people on uh, Titans Twitter like to call him that. I mean, 
Gentry, we, we talked so much early in the season about how much of a concern the, the kicking position was because of what happened the last couple years. And, and to start the year, Sam Ficken landed on uh, IR. They, they kind of had that carousel at the position, I remember, in, in training camp and, and whatnot. And and Randy has been the guy pretty much since he stepped in. I believe it was week two he hit that uh, game-winning kick uh, in in overtime to to beat the Seahawks at Seattle, a tough place to play. He's been very consistent, and we're at a point now where people aren't even talking about the kicking. And and when you get to a point where you're not even mentioning what's going on with, with the kicking unit, you're in a very good place as a football team. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I have to give uh, Randy Randy Bullock a, a lot of credit there. So uh, he's been he's been the biggest su- surprise to me. Be, him being the one to stabilize uh, the place kicking spot. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Randy Bullock because I didn't, and we should because that really was. You know, when you look at where the Titans have been at the kicking spot the last few years, that's that's been huge. And then, you know, like they play the Saints this last weekend and the kicker misses who I think they're about to get rid of that kicker. He, he missed two extra points in the game and you go back through and it's like the Saints have had this this long list of guys coming into the position. Well, that's been the Titans the last two years. Randy Bullock has actually saved them from that. And they appeared to be headed in that direction. So he, he has been a huge part of the team. That, that's a that's a really really good pull there uh, with uh, with Randy. Biggest surprise to me is the is the Titans pass rush. Um, they, they they that was clearly the weak spot of the team, and I didn't think they'd fixed it. I honestly I I, I didn't when during the preseason when Bud Dupree was not on the field, I didn't look at that group and see where it was going to be a lot better because it needed to get a lot better. Quarterbacks were able to do whatever they wanted to the Titans, and I think what you've seen this year, you're seeing why the pass rush is so critical to an NFL defense and how it changes everything. If you're able to generate a pass rush from your front four without having to bring pressure, it, it really does change everything. That's a completely different look for the Titans defense. They're better everywhere because of that. And it has been, we we've mentioned everybody involved. Simmons, Autry, you know, Dupree's played well when he's been out there, um, and I, but and obviously Harold Landry. And and to, to, to me, that's been the the biggest surprise and the biggest um, biggest boost for this team. I think if you're if you're asking me, name one thing other than Derrick Henry for why this team is eight and two, I would say the pass rush. And I'm surprised to be saying it. Uh, best yeah, actually, oh, go ahead. No, what are you saying? Oh, yeah, I, I was just going to say that leads into, I, I think, best unit, and I was going to say the defense. Uh, defense has been an issue the last couple years. This is an offense-led team. Defense was seen as the Achilles heel, and because of the pass rush, like you said, it has not. It, it has been incredible. Uh, and, and, I, and I think at times, right, the pass rush is uh, – over, it's kind of covered up maybe some deficiencies they may have in the back end because they have kind of had some injuries in in uh, in, in the secondary with uh, Amani Hooker missed time. Christian Fulton just got back. Uh, Chris Jackson had some injury issues as well. Dane Crookshank has had some injury issues as well. Um, th- this unit has been uh, very impressive. They're, they're top five in sacks. Uh, they're, they're getting pressure, like you said, without blitzing. They can keep more guys in, in coverage. Um, and, and they have performed better consistently than the offense, which was supposed to 
kind of carry the the load again. And so best unit to me has been defense. But I think the special teams unit should actually get some a lot of credit, too, because the fact that we and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about the kicking unit, like the fact that we're not talking about uh, it as much, I think, is a, a positive sign, but more especially in terms of uh, kind of that field goal unit and, and whatnot. And then we saw what Dylan Cole, kind of a no-name Titans player, did uh, return uh, on the on the kickoff in the kickoff coverage last week. Uh, I think special teams maybe get some honorable mention, but defense to me has been uh, the best unit. I would agree on the on the best unit. I, th- I was a little more specific and said the defensive line, but you know I think we've we've gone over oh, that. Yeah. All right, one, one more one more here. Uh, best win so far this season. Usually we, you would do best win and worst loss. I think both losses were so long ago that I don't know. You can say their worst performance was Arizona, but losing to the Jets is pretty bad. But hey, they're eight and two, so we're going to go positive and say what was the best win. What do you say, Ben? Yeah, I, I have to say the Bills game. You can look at the Chiefs game and say that was the most thorough win. They won by what twenty four, but the Chiefs have been so up and down this year. They finally had a good game this week. Patrick Mahomes finally looked like himself, but they have not been that Super Bowl caliber team we've seen the last couple years. Beating the Bills on in primetime Monday night football with a goal line stand, that that has to that, that's one of the biggest moments, I think, in, in recent Titans history. Uh it just in in the last few years. And and the Bills have still proven to be an elite team, not like the Chiefs. I mean, they they did have that loss to uh, the Jags, which was just bad. But other than that, the the Bills have been pretty much what we've expected them to be in terms of being one of the top teams in the AFC and looking like a Super Bowl contender. I have to say beating the the Bills uh, on Monday night football, bright lights, goal lines stand showing up. I, I I don't know if you can really debate that in, in my eyes, at least. Yeah, I, I think that that one did feel like a, like a turning point for argument's sake. I'll mention the game in Seattle because I feel like that one coming after the first week was bad. I mean, if you, if you, and, and from the standpoint of what has since happened, it's still bad. It's even worse. Like you look back at what happened the Titans the first week and they got dominated by it by to be fair an Arizona team that has proven to be very very good but coming off that game there were so many question marks about this team where they're at what to expect and most people did not think they were going to go to Lumen Field and win that game um myself included and the fact that they hung around and came back and won the thing in overtime I think it spun two different seasons in different directions, to be honest. I think that was a huge result for both of those two teams. And for the Titans, they were able – look, it, had they lost that game, they could have been staring 0-3. Yeah, it, with the Colts coming in the next week, and I know Carson Wentz was banged up, but uh, you know, 0-3 was very much on the table going into that game, and that was a huge result to kind of show everyone, nah, nah the Titans are going to be okay. And uh, so to me, uh, I think the most memorable win of the bunch was probably uh, was one of the one year Sam was Buffalo for sure. But I think, uh, you know, winning in Seattle at the time had a had a real sense of urgency to it that uh, that they're that they don't have to play with now being eight and two. 
That'll do it for this edition. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcast. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Ben Arthur, I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean, 